welcome. Let's stand together. What a week we've had. We're so glad to see you all. We want to welcome all our family online. We love you. Regeneration Nashville here in the room. Let's let our online family know how much we love and appreciate you. Yes, we do. You're here with us. Wow. Well, are y'all ready to lift your voice? Praise the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How many knows His presence is in this house right now? That we have gathered together in the name that's above every name. And in that name, everything has to bow in heaven, in earth, and beneath the earth. And so we declare that in this room today, that every sickness, every disease has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every infirmity, no matter what it is, I love what David said when he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things. And the last, the last line may be my favorite. He renews my youth <laughs> like the eagle. Come on now. Father, we lift our voice to you. Come on, church. We lift our voice to you. We honor your name. We thank you, Lord of glory, for being in this place with us. We thank you for the anointing that rests in this house, the anointing that rests on pastors Ken, Candy, Jasmine, this worship team, every musician, Lord, from every square into this room. We declare the Lord's and his alone. Come on, lift your voice and give him praise. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody praise him.
house today. Thank you, Jesus. Will you just lift your hands and say, we bless you, Lord. Come on, we bless you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Oh, you're worthy. Great and greatly to be When I'm worried about tomorrow, I won't be overwhelmed. And the burdens that I carry, I'll choose to lay them down. Because what I've learned about your favor, your mercy, and your grace is they go on forever. They're sufficient for today. Hallelujah. 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 They're sufficient for today. In the joy and in the sorrow, I find you just the same. And behind my darkest morning, there's a peace I can't explain. I'm so grateful for your favor, your mercy, and your grace. Because they go on forever, they're sufficient for. joy and in the sorrow I find you just the same and behind my darkest mornings there's a peace I can't explain I'm so grateful for your favor
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's not miss what God is doing. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Just press into it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we call on your name. Oh, we call on the name of Jesus. Oh, the name of Jesus. No other name, no other name but the name of Jesus. Only the name of Jesus can save me. Only the name of Jesus can heal me. Only the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. I honor the presence of the Lord that's in the house today. God never ceases to show up. Paul says in Corinthians that we go from glory to glory. And I tell you what, we had glory this weekend and we have glory today. The best is yet ahead. Amen. Let's just continue to worship the Lord in our giving today. We'll say our offering declaration together. Just repeat after me. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. <laughs> if no one's told you they love you today, I want to be the first. I get to be the first. I count it an honor. I love you so much. I'm honored to worship with you here uh, today at Regeneration Nashville. I just want to say what a powerful praise team we have. Oh, my word. My goodness. God is just so faithful just to... Uh, elevate us up into his presence. I loved what Pastor Kent said during the uh, Elijah Co. conference, I believe it was. He doesn't come down. He elevates us up. I love that. Wow. Praise the Lord. So I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, first of all, we had an amazing conference at Elijah Co. Literally, to me, it is my favorite conference. We all get to stay there at the Sheridan Music City together, and we get to eat dessert and cake and all that good stuff. And then, man, we feasted on the presence of the Lord and the Word of the Lord. And uh, how many of you were with us at Elijah Co.? Yeah, amen. Thank you so much. Now, how many of you are from out of town that have stayed over for the, uh, for the Sunday service from Elijah Co.? Thank you. Thank you. We honor you. Thank you for being here. Uh, so I have met so many wonderful people, and I've got so much fun stuff I want to tell you. I just can't, I just can't stand it. I'm so happy. Uh, first of all, I met some people from New York. I would love for New York to stand. Would you stand and let us welcome New York? Amen. Would... May I, may I tell what you said to me? So um, I, I want to embarrass this young man that he is so precious, and they requested prayer for him. May I say the word? Uh, for autism. And he is here today, and his mother said he is 100% better. Is God so good? 
Uh, all the time, God is good. We honor you. We are so blessed to have you in the service. And thank you for allowing me to share that uh, testimony, your testimony. So I met some people from Colorado. Where's Colorado? Please stand, Colorado. We're honored to have you. God bless you. Oh, you too. Yes. Amen. So is it Colorado or Colorado? Tomato, tomato. So, okay, well, nevertheless, we're so excited to have you here. Thank you for being with us. I met some Alabama folk. Where is Alabama in the house today? Yes, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. We have a, a whole family here from Alabama, sir. Yes, you and your family. We're honored to have you there on, on the back row there. Just blessed to have you. So after that, I can't, oh, wait, wait, I can remember. I'm loving this. So we have a lady who has been a missionary to Kenya for many years, and she is from Christ the Nations. And we're so blessed and honored to have you. Would you stand and let us welcome you? Amen. Amen. Remind me, sir, on the front row, remind me where you're from. Pennsylvania. <laughs> Stand up, Pennsylvania. Let us welcome you. Anyone in the house from Pennsylvania? Yes, we're glad to have you. Honored. Okay, anybody else from out of state? Virginia. Stand up, Virginia. Let us welcome you. God bless you. I heard Texas. Texas. Stand up. Let us welcome Texas. Anybody in the house from Texas? Glad you're here. Anybody else? Florida. Oh, wait. Florida. This lady right, please just stand, please. This lady right here was um, the Secretary of State of the state of Florida, and she made it to the national forefront. You're, you're going to love this. And pivoted an entire nation and the narrative of the politics by the hanging Chad. Do you remember the hanging Chad? Make welcome Katherine Harris. Would you do that? Honored to have you, and honored to have you, too. I, I saw you're from, from Florida, too. Thank you for being with us. So anybody else? Washington State. Stand up, Washington State. So glad to have you. Yes. Did I hear? Yes, ma'am? Where are you from? Washington. You two, do you know them? Y'all didn't come together? You're on the other side of the state. Well, we're honored to have you on the other side of the church. God bless you, sister. Glad you're here. Did I hear North Carolina? Where's North Carolina? North Carolina, stand up, North Carolina. Glad to have you right here, up there. Yes, honored. Thank you. Anybody else? California. Stand up, California. Amen. Glad you're here. Oh, yes? Are, where are you from? California, well, stand up. We're happy you're here. We're going to celebrate you. We're happy you're here. Oh, yes. Oh, I cannot wait to tell you this. Anybody from South Africa, just go on and stand up. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? She said, we've been watching you on the screen. And so I said, well, now we get to see each other face to face. It reminds me, at, at Elijah Co. they had told me there was a man from Australia. And I was so excited to introduce him. And I called and called and called for Australia. And he had vanished into thin air. We never did find him. So I don't know what happened to Australia. Nobody from Australia here today, are you? Yeah, okay. Well, 
<laughs> I think I'll go sit down. I don't know. So anybody else? Did I miss anybody else? Say, Oklahoma. Stand up, Oklahoma. Honored to have you. Yes, all of you, please. Oh, over here too. Glad to have you, Oklahoma. God bless you. Anybody else? Delaware. Please stand, Delaware. Blessed to have you. God bless you. You know, I, I just, I love this church because it's, it's like God has brought people from all over the country and all over the world. And it is amazing. When we get here, it's like we know each other. It's just like we've been knowing each other all of our lives and we're family. Don't you love that? I just love that. Okay, anybody else from out of state? Ohio, please stand, Ohio. Yes, amen. God bless you. Back in the back there, sir. Sorry? Illinois. Stand up, Illinois. Glad to have you. Amen. Anybody else? Michigan. Stand up, Michigan. Yes. God bless you. Am I missing you? What? Are, what? Maryland. Stand up, Maryland. Glad to have you. God bless you. Did I see somebody else standing over here? Michigan, good, good girl. Amen. God bless you. Glad you're here. All right. Is that, is that everybody all hearts clear? Okay, good. Because I got some fun stuff I want to tell you. Georgia. Where are y'all been? Stand up, Georgia. <laughs> Amen. Up here too. God bless you. Okay. Anybody else? Last call. Going, going, gone. <laughs> okay, so um, this is this is what I want to tell you. You're gonna you're you're gonna absolutely love this. So I'm just gonna get a couple of announcements out of the way. We have uh, our children's ministry back to school bash on Friday the 18th. You can go to the website to register for details, and they are giving away. There's a drawing for a PS5, and so the children will be excited about that and. Um, I don't know what all they're doing, but I can guarantee we'll be eating something. But so, so come on, August the 18th. Oh, that's this Friday night. Also, uh, save the date for small group training on August the 26th. But this is what I wanted to tell you. You know that we are building our new building, and we are so excited about this new building. It's called Destination Miracle. And what God is doing, the miracles that he is doing. Cody Rothwell, stand up. This is our general contractor right here and our son in the Lord. And he's just, he's just doing a stellar job. We love him so much. But on the August the 23rd, so what, what day is that? A Wednesday. So not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. So they are opening the building to us to go over and pray in that building and bring your Sharpie because they are going to allow us to write our prayer requests and our prodigal's names and all those things on the walls, on the steel, and then we will build around that. And we're just going to plant our seeds of faith in that building. Don't you love that? Isn't that exciting? And so... I just felt like the Lord just dropped this in our spirits to do this, uh, Pastor Kent and I. But if you are believing God for a prodigal, and even you online, you can, uh, you can email us, I believe, at, at office at regenerationnashville.org. 
and anybody in this room can too, or just bring it. But uh, we are wanting names and or pictures of your prodigal that you are believing for their salvation to come in. We're going to put it under the platform. Just And every time the Spirit of God, I can just see us walking around in our prayer meeting, praying oh, in that building and just saturating our children wherever they may be with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that? So if you have a prodigal, how many in this room have a prodigal that you're believing for? Amen. Amen. Well, so, so this is what I'm excited about. I think you're going to really like this. So there was a precious lady, and I'm not going to say names just for privacy's sake, but I think you're going to love this. This lady on August the 11th emailed our office, and she said, I'm praying for my son and my daughter-in-law and their son to come home. She's praying for her, her prodigal. She sent her, their name. And she's saying, I'm praying for God's hand to move. So that was August the 11th. So August the 12th, she emails back, and she says, Yesterday I sent you this email, uh, and my son reached out to me to let me know that he and his family are moving to Nashville to attend church. <laughs> you know, there's a scripture that says, While you're speaking... God will answer. And so I'm just believing that as we plant these names and pictures of prodigals in that church building, that they're just going to come home. I just believe that with all of my heart. I've seen God do it too many times. So I want Pastor Kent to come up. And we are going to do one of our most favorite things, and that is dedicate little children to the Lord. And so I want these families to come with all these beautiful children. so beautiful. What an honor and a blessing it is to be able to dedicate these little children to the Lord. to turn my mic on. Um, thank, <laughs> thank God for my son-in-law. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I want to just talk to you a moment as families. Um, the Bible said that these babies that are standing here are a heritage. Boy, when God gives you something, nowhere has anybody ever said, God gave me cancer. Or God gave me heartache. Or God gave me disease. The Bible says, He giveth good gifts. I know my thoughts towards you, they are good and not evil. And so when y'all gave birth to these babies... It was in the heart of, look at that baby right there. She's, at you. She's flirting with me. 
<laughs> but when, when God gave you these children, he gave you heritage. And there has never, I don't think, in the history of mankind been a greater play for these children than right now. I mean, my God, we can't even send our kids to public school anymore hardly. And God has given you these children because he is entrusting you that you will teach these babies the ways of the Lord. And I, the Bible talks about this, that children can be a glory to a father, as a father can be a glory to his children. These children are either going to be a glory to you or a heartache. And you get to make the choice which one they are by the life that you live before your kids, really looking at the age of these children and she being the oldest, but the next four or five years, you will be shocked at how much these children are going to pick up from your lifestyle. If you want your babies to grow up and be good husbands and good wives and good Christians and full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to show it to them. They're not going to pay attention too much to what you say. They're going to pay attention to what you do. And if you will let these babies hear you pray in the house, if you will let them see peace in the house, dads, if you will let your children honor their mother, if you will hug on your wife and you will show love in the house and you will pull your kids. There's so many grown kids that said, my father never told me he loved me. Tell your children you love them. Hold them. Let them crawl around you. Let them hear you pray in the Holy Ghost. And when these kids are grown, they will bring you great joy. I think that my greatest joy today in life is not my ministry, but it's watching my kids. Watching Jasmine up here and listening to Nicholas prophesy, it to me is such a great fulfillment to know that they're going to be with me in eternity. And so before I pray over you today I want my wife just to say a word and then we're going to speak the word of the Lord over you and your children well first of all I just think these children are so beautiful and these families uh, we've watched their lives and so I just want to first of all I'm going to start with uh, Jordan and Nadia and these are their four children and all four children are being dedicated to the Lord today and which is it are you Lana Lana, this is Lana. Lana, how old are you, my darling? Eight. Eight. And you are Roman. I met you earlier, and you're how old? Six. Six. Aren't that, isn't he handsome? I just love him. Yeah, yeah, he is. All right, and you're Max. You're Max. How old are you, Max? Five. Say it again. Five. 
five. All right. And this is Jenna. Hi, Jenna. Five. Five. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. How old is she? She's two. <laughs> I, I, I just remember always wanting to be a year older, don't you? And this is Dolly. Hi, Dolly. Can you say hi? <laughs> you wave? Can you wave at them? You say hi? You blow a kiss? She is adorable. Yeah. Yes, and this is Rebecca and Joseph uh, McCall, and they are the parents. And if you know Dave and Cheryl Baldwin, this is their daughter, and this is their grandbaby Dolly. Yeah. What? Oh, and I want to get right over here to Violet and Sophie. Which is Violet? This one is Violet, and she fell in the parking lot on the way in today, little darling. Now, how old are you? 20 months. 20 months old. And, oh, my goodness, I want to get my hands on this baby. You're so pretty, my goodness. Oh, so pretty. I might have to hold her here in a minute. <laughs> but this is what I wanted to say. I just want to make a declaration. The Bible says to declare a thing and it shall be established. So we just want to make some declarations over these children, and this came to me in prayer this morning, because when you declare the word over their lives, see, then as they are walking their journey of life, the word of God has gone before them and sat set a parameter around them that they can't step out of and set a parameter around their lives that the enemy can't cross over. And when we make a, de a declaration and the enemy wants to trespass on their lives, then the Word of God is standing guard over those children saying, not today, devil. Not today. So I want to declare Luke 2.52 over you. The child increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. And we declare wisdom. We declare favor in the name of Jesus that you increase in wisdom and stature in Jesus' name. We also just stretch your hand before, uh, to these children because I want to declare Isaiah 11. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon you. The spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord be upon you. And then Proverbs uh, 26 and two, uh, 22 and 6 says, direct your children in the ways that they should go. And when you are old, you shall not depart from it. When you are old, you shall not depart. Can you come into agreement with me here? When you are old, you shall not depart from it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Pastor. Amen. And we're going to pray over these babies. And because you've submitted to my wife and I as your pastors, then we get the authority today to bless you, bless your families. I bless your jobs. Hallelujah. I bless your marriages. I pray God will open the windows of heaven over you and surprise you this year that he will just begin to give blessings to you. I pray that God will release the spirit of wisdom upon you. I declare that before the enemy can come in and set a trap, that God will reveal it to you by the spirit.
and that you'll be able to stop this attack against your children before it ever happens. That when sickness comes against these families, in the name of the Lord, that the authority of the Holy Ghost will come up out of your bellies. Fevers will have to leave your house. Every prognosis of the enemy will be alive, and the hand of God will be upon you. I declare that you, as families and as marriages, that divorce will never touch your houses. Hallelujah. And that the enemy will not be able to breach the perimeter of protection around you. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, by the laying on of hands, God, we begin to release the power of God into these children, into these parents. In Jesus' name, Lord, as we dedicate, God, that means we're giving these babies back to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, today, hallelujah, we declare, Lord, that this is the next generation of prophets and pastors and evangelists and psalmists and teachers, hallelujah, astute businessmen. Lord, that you will give them God ideas and the favor of the Lord will be upon you in the name of Jesus. Now from this day on, may God go before you and may he be your scepter of righteousness and your divine protector. May the Lord cause your children to excel in school. May the spirit of wisdom and knowledge be upon you and we seal it in the name of the Lord. Amen. Take this too. Take this too. Amen. Well, I left my Bible down. Freddie, I got my Bible down there in that basket. No, that's that's my wife's Bible. There ain't nothing there ain't nothing good in that one. <clears throat> Somehow I always dig a hole before I even start preaching, don't I? Amen. Well, I feel like since last Sunday to today, I've preached everything in the Bible, but um, found out that God gave me something else. And so, uh, Elijah Cole was a tremendous time in the Lord. Um, I think this fall is going to be an amazing deposit of blessings from God on this church. Hallelujah. And the favor of God and the growth of the Lord. You know, our church is growing. Even in this building, hallelujah, because there's hunger for the things of God. And, and I'm telling you, you better, you better gear it up because once we get in our own building, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take off like a rocket. Some of y'all won't be able to be coming in here at starting time or 10 minutes after you find out you don't have a seat and you'd be in the overflow in the youth room. <clears throat> this is uh, something that's been in my spirit. I actually was going to preach this message last Sunday and we had a divine interruption by the Spirit of the Lord and God began to release things prophetically in the house. But... Um, there is a verse that I've meditated on over the years. Uh, we're not going to turn there. Our text today is going, when we get there, I'll tell you, we're going to be reading out of Isaiah chapter 9. 
But in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32, it says, The men of Issachar had an understanding of the times. That meant, God bless you so much. Man, y'all are fast learners. If the men of Issachar had an understanding of the times, that meant that the hour that they were living in, they weren't living in confusion. You can be a believer and the Holy Ghost will quicken to you what you need to know. And these men, the Bible said, they weren't walking around in confusion. They knew what God was saying. Don't you want to be in a position to where you don't get up in the morning and you're confused? That you constantly got to ask somebody else, can you tell me what's going on? But the Bible said, my sheep know my voice. And this is what happens when you have an understanding of the times said they knew what Israel ought to do. And then I love this. It says they commanded their brethren. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I ask you today, Lord, as we begin to talk about your kingdom, hallelujah. God, there's something in the atmosphere right now. Lord, I thank you that the angelic host is stirring the waters right now in the name of the Lord. I thank you, Father, that while I'm releasing what the Holy Spirit wants to say, that divine healing, says the Lord, is going out like arrows of deliverance to every nation that is listening under the sound of my voice. That many of you, says God, are going to come out of this building today changed by the power of the Lord. That harassing spirit says God that have come against you over even the last week God said I am sending a command out of heaven to these demon spirits and I'm going to loose the spirit of peace upon you by the power of the Lord so Lord we thank you hallelujah that God your word will not return unto you void but oh God it's going to be a fire shut up in our bones do you feel that right now hallelujah I I wonder if we could just loose a shout of the Lord in the atmosphere by the power of God. Something shaken by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Just remain standing out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, very familiar verses. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born. You know, I didn't say unto them. Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government, this is really what I want to get a hold of here. The government shall be upon his shoulder and when the government gets on his shoulder they're going to start calling him wonderful 
Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And then seven shifts back to his government. Of the increase, not the demise, of the increase of his government and peace. Not there will be an allotted time. Not that he will be voted out. Not that he will reign for four years. But there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. Notice now God is synchronizing. He is using the synonym that government and kingdom are synonymous with each other. They are hand in hand upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice, which is bereft right now in our own nation. There is no justice, but I got news for you. God says that the government is coming back on my shoulder. And he said, from henceforth, even forever, and the zeal of the Lord of the hosts is going to perform this and make it happen. God bless you. You can be seated. There are three major, what we, I guess, would have to use the word religions in the earth today. The youngest of those is Islam. But it is the second fastest growing movement or belief system in the earth. But it is hundreds of years younger than Christianity. Before the world ever heard the mention of Muhammad, Jesus already ruled and reigned. The second major belief system in the earth is what we call Judaism. The third, the largest, the oldest, and the fastest growing is Christianity. But there is a major difference between Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Because Islam and Judaism believe they are a nation. How many have ever heard the statement, the nation of Islam? And the world is focused on the nation of Israel. But Christianity was never a nation. It is the only one that views itself as a government and a kingdom. 
Hallelujah. That's why Jesus was never voted in. And he can never be voted out. If you got a nation, then you got a president. Then if a president was voted in, he could be voted out. But I love when I talked about it briefly, but in the book of Job, when Jesus is replying back to Job, he said, do you not know that when the cornerstone was laid, that the sons of God shouted for joy? That means that the verse that declares before the foundations of the world, the lamb was slain. So I got to thinking about that. Then what is the cornerstone? What was laid before time really existed and before the world had foundations? That when God got ready to create that prophetically, we all know this, that it takes a cornerstone before a foundation can be laid. I have, I'm doing some work recently, and I got a, a text from a contractor, and he sent me a picture, and he said, the cornerstone has been laid. It was the first thing. And when the scripture was talking about it, he said that the first thing that was laid was the cornerstone. So what is the cornerstone? It is Calvary. Slain before the foundation of the world. That when God instituted Calvary and gave his son for our sins. When Calvary was instituted and the blood began to flow at the cross. It was the father reaching back into time. And prophetically taking a hold of the cornerstone that had been slain before the foundation of the world. And at Calvary the devil did know it but he set the cornerstone for the church of the most high so everything about the church is a spiritual government and a kingdom this is why we don't vote on things in this church because it's not biblical we are led by the Spirit. Now, I don't get to pick the colors out. And I don't do get to do all that. We got a team that does that. But I do get to pick what's preached. Hallelujah. But we're led by the Spirit. And so now, because we have the understanding of the times that we live in, what makes this church this unique is we are not confused. Hallelujah, that we recognize what's going on in the atmosphere is that there is an insurrection and there is a spiritual coup going on. That's why generally whatever you're going to see in the spirit, you will also first see in the natural. We saw in 2020 a spiritual coup that was demonstrated in a natural presidential election because the enemy doesn't want the Spirit of God to rule and reign in this nation. 
So what you're dealing with is there is an attack on the kingdom of God that is being set up in this hour. Many of you have probably not really paid too much attention to this portion of Scripture. But in the book of Daniel, when Daniel has been summoned by the king, and this king has had this vision, and he doesn't know what it is. And he's brought in Daniel to give some explanation of what is, what's going on here. And Daniel begins to interpret the, the, the vision. And he says, King, he says, God, the God of heaven, has given thee a kingdom of power, strength, and glory. And he said, what you have seen, this image of, of clay and brass and iron and, and different things of this image, he said, it represents different kingdoms. Then he gets down to verse 44 of Daniel 2. And he said, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, because God knew what he was doing. Daniel was interpreting a vision that was dealing with our hour that we live in and that last kingdom being representative of something that is coming after the glory of the Lord but God said when it looks like that there is a kingdom of darkness that has risen in the earth that cannot be defeated that the rock of ages that was cut out of the mountain without the hands of a man God said it's going to break the very powers of darkness that's in the atmosphere I tell you by the spirit of the Lord I don't care what CNN says, or, or what MMSNBC says, or, or what the prognosticators say, the word of the Lord will not return unto him void. And that God said in the last days, there's going to be a kingdom, and it shall be no men. What is God doing? There is a shift by the Spirit of the Lord, and God is releasing in the anointing of God. There is a spirit of fear that's loose right now on the earth by the enemy because he recognizes that it's slipping out of his hands. You, you never really see an attack in the media on Judaism. You don't really see it. And they're sure not going to attack Islam because they'll put a hit out on you. But there is an all-out assault. Why? Because the enemy is not afraid of nations. He's afraid of government that has a king. Hallelujah. Uh, and I'm just going to throw some things out to you here because... Just things I've been coming across in the scripture, but um, this is in the book of Isaiah. And if you go over to 
chapter 22, just to give you a setting. This is where Hezekiah is ruling, and Isaiah is the prophet. And somehow there is high up in the government, uh, there in Jerusalem, in the city of David, there is a scribe named Shepna. And Shepna has achieved a place of great influence, and he's charged over the treasuries of God, and he's in charge of a whole lot of people, and he really has some authority over how the government is being run. And he is circumventing what God wants done. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord prophecy comes on Isaiah, and in verse 15, says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Go get thee unto the treasure, even unto Shebna, which is over the house, and say. Verse 19, I will drive thee from thy station, and from thy state you'll be pulled down. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my son Eliakim, the son of Hilkanah, and I will clothe him with thy robe. And I will strengthen him with thy girdle, and I will commit the government into his hand, and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah, and the key of the house of David I will lay upon his shoulders, so he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open, and I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place, and he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. At Calvary, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, the government, hallelujah, of the kingdom of the Lord was placed on his shoulder, and God removed from an evil government of Pharisees the government in that hour, and the Lord took the government that Isaiah 9, 6 says, and he laid it on the shoulder of Jesus Christ. No wonder hell went after Jesus. Everything about Jesus upset the leaders. If you want to cause problems in this hour, you want to create a faster fiction, friction in the earth with Anybody that doesn't believe in Jesus, just start talking about him. There's not this, well, you know, you believe what you want to believe. I believe what I want to believe. There is anger that rises up. There is this friction. Why? If you go back to before the earth began, or mankind really, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 14, and all, a lot of this is in, an, in the book of Isaiah, but when you go back to Isaiah 14 and you begin to read the account, one of the very few mentions in the Bible of how Lucifer was evicted from heaven. The reason he was evicted from heaven is because he began to talk about a kingdom. And he said, I will exalt my kingdom above the sides of the north, the things of God. What we are seeing in this hour is not political. Because if the enemy has his way, that, and this is, this is an eventual thing, what you're seeing is, and 
because the, the enemy uses nations. You're seeing this push, this rising up by what we call United Nations to deal with a collective unified government in the earth. But God was saying, my kingdom is not of this world. And so while it looks like it's playing out in the halls of Congress, there is a spiritual battle that is going on in the heavenlies. And it's after dominion. Of his reign, there shall be no end. Now, we know this, that people talk about, well, 100 years from now, you know, we want to leave a legacy. If I interpret the scriptures right, according to Matthew 24, the generation that sees the end time signs brought to pass is not going to die. And the generation that seeth these end time signs, the Lord shall not pass away. So that means that there is a terminus that is attached to time. <clears throat> when we begin to see end time events, if I remember right, he says, one of the events will be kingdom against kingdom. If I, if I, I believe that the, my interpretation is right. I don't have time to go back. But I believe it is interpreted kingdom ethnicity. It is ethnicity will come against ethnicity. What is the driving force in this nation right now? It is racism. It's in the earth because it's in the church. You cannot have racism in the house of God because how do we, listen, there's no Harlem in heaven. There's no segregation in heaven. The Chinese aren't in one section and the African Americans in another. And God said, I got to put the Caucasians over here because they can't get along. No, sir. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is one body of Christ. There are many members, but there is one body of Christ. And God said, You need to recognize when you see racism, loosed in the earth. It is a telltale sign that the kingdom of God is coming forth to rule and reign. We got too many gutless preachers that dance around issues that need to be dealt with. Hallelujah. Don't want to touch anything. Well, we're spirit-filled, but, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword, and I came to divide. Listen, when you start shaking the kingdoms of darkness, somebody's going to get upset. But God said, hallelujah, the gospel shall be preached unto all the earth. So now you have, you have Christ coming into the earth. He's born as a baby. He's given as a son. But eventually, hallelujah, that baptism, when heaven opens, God the Father 
takes the crown of rule and put it on him. And the Bible calls him the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, there cannot be a kingdom without a king. And a king that doesn't have any subjects is king in name only. So there has to be somebody that is ruling. And then there has to be subjects or servants that help bring forth the beauty of what that king wants. When Jesus, because he understood what was going on, they, they would talk to him and, and they, they did not understand what the kingdom of God was. They kept thinking that Jesus, because... You know, they, they saw him raise people from the dead. This guy is doing stuff that nobody's ever done. I mean, he's making guys see that have never seen before. He is creating in empty eye sockets, eyeballs, corneas, pupils, and the guy's running around screaming, I can see, I can see. He's making people that have never walked after 40 years run like they were a track star. He is interrupting funerals, hallelujah, and then he's walking over to graveyards where they've already had the funeral, the flowers are wilting, and everybody went home, and Jesus just walks over, and the guy's already, his body's already decaying, and Jesus just said, come out of there in the name of the Lord. And out comes bound Lazarus. And they're just saying, we ain't never seen anything like this. The Pharisees hated him so much that they said, if we don't do something about this guy, he's going to take our nation away. See, they thought in terms of nation. Whenever it's a nation, it's man ruled. Whenever a church is man ruled, it is dominated by flesh. But you lose the authority of the Holy Ghost in a building and demons begin to flee. Autism begins to lose. Alzheimer's begins to leave. Your children get full of the Holy Ghost. The glory of God begins to fall down in the building. What is that? That is the dominion of the King of Kings. Hallelujah. My God, I feel the authority of the Lord. Listen, you are standing in the middle of the greatest moment that history has ever seen. We cannot lose. We are not losing now because of the increase of his government. There shall be no end shall be on his shoulders. Why does it use that phraseology? Because when you bear a burden, put on your shoulder. Pick it up, put it on your shoulder. The Lord said, cast all your burdens on me, for I care for you. And he will bear them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He bears them, and so... Jesus always called himself the son of man. But he knew who he was. Because he said, my father who is in heaven. So, he was only son of man in the sense 
that he was in a fleshly body. But there was a reason why he always called himself son of man. And have you ever read the scriptures where he would do something and he'd say, don't tell him who I am. You would think, well, you know, if you're here to, to set up a, a kingdom, you really want to advertise it. But he says they have eyes and they cannot see and they have ears that they cannot hear. And he understood that they're thinking that I am going to set up an earthly kingdom. And as long as they view me just as a son of man, a human being, that's extraordinary. They're going to think in the terms of an earthly kingdom. And he said, my kingdom is not of this world. But the devil never calls him the son of man. Every time demons got around him, they said, we know who you are. They never called him the son of man because they knew he was God in flesh. Hallelujah. They recognized. They were not confused over the identity of Jesus. Now, the men of Issachar had an understanding of the times. And because they had an understanding of the times, they knew what Israel ought to do. And they commanded men. We are not confused today. He is not a teacher. He is not a prophet. He is not the son of a virgin. But he is the king of kings. And the Lord. Lord of Lords. I can't explain exactly how he came about. All I know is the Holy Ghost got on flesh and out of the womb of a young girl, God himself walked out of heaven and came out of the womb and entered into the earth and he said, I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. Beside me there is no other and my kingdom, my kingdom, my kingdom, there's shall be no end. What we are in the middle of is that God is bringing insurrection to a false kingdom in the earth. Psalms 45 and six says, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the scepter of his kingdom is righteousness. No wonder we've been so weak in the church. I have a God feeling that God is going to bring us to another level of righteousness. Now, as a young man, I was raised in legalism. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't go anywhere. I never had a television until I was 32 years old, and so I learned to have a love for books. But I will say, in the midst of that legalism, there was an innocence, and there was a hunger for righteousness. And when we had church, we knew how to have church. I'd rather have somebody on the B3 Hammond that came out of old-time Pentecost than anybody else. Because all of a sudden, there's a sound that begins to come out of there. And when you start playing that, and oh, I love it when they're behind me preaching. Because all of a sudden, you can say it's like a fire shut up within my bones. 
So legalism really permeated. And it messed a lot of people up. Because legalism never gets it here. It only gets it here. And once people come out of legalism, almost inevitably, the pendulum swings so far the other way. We do things today that we thought you were going to hell for when I was a young man. We watched movies that we'd have never watched 20 years ago. You know I'm telling the truth. We went to church four times a week, minimum. This church is different. I mean, really, we only have church one time a week, so, but we're going to change that. <clears throat> but it's not by choice. Um, but we've become a, more of an institution than we have become a living entity. Sin weakens. Tia Babo Sunday. Hallelujah. Not very often do you see 250 people show up on Saturday morning for a prayer meeting, but they do here. Hallelujah. That's why we are shaking the foundations of hell. That's why there has been so much resistance against us since we've been birthed. On so many levels, because we are not raising up an entity, we are raising up a kingdom and a government of God. When the government of God is loosed in Nashville, Tennessee, somewhere that 48-foot statue downtown in the Parthenon, something, it is going to go away. Now, we are never going to touch it. We will never do any violence. But I can bombard heaven until like Dagon fell before the face of God Almighty. So will these idols that the enemies raised up in this nation to mock the very deity of Jesus Christ God is saying they're coming down by the power of the Holy Ghost when that thing comes down you're going to hear a shout out of your pastor that I might run right past heaven because it is a declaration that God is still on the throne of his increase there shall be no end of his government hallelujah shall be upon his shoulders anointing 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 Every yoke be broken in the name of the Lord. Liberty in this building. Hallelujah. We are not back in the wrong power. Generally, coups only last so long. Very interesting that Netanyahu is right back in president in Israel. When God wants to place a man, he places a man. No telling what's going to happen in the election. You know, I was, I was talking with, with Dutch Sheets and Tim Sheets, and we all came to the same conclusion. There is nobody that knows what God's doing. Amen. It's true. In detail, 
There is nobody in the earth that God has given a detailed plan that they say, well, this is going to happen in September, and this is what's going to happen in November of 24, and this is what's going to happen in the Congress, and this is how the government's going to deal with transgender. We don't know. Other than what's been written in the book. And of his increase, there shall be no end. That means, hallelujah. Listen, the coronavirus was the best thing that ever happened to Regeneration Nashville. It birthed us. They sent it out to kill us, and my God, it loosed us all over the earth by the power of the Lord. When the enemy cometh in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. That which the devil intended for evil, God turns around for good. Victory, hallelujah. The enemy may endure for a season, but joy cometh in the morning. I declare to you by the power of God that the kingdom of the Lord is being loosed in the atmosphere. Jesus' ministry, though, the disciples did not understand it. Because he he didn't really in his ministry pre-Calvary, he didn't talk much about kingdom. You know, he did the Beatitudes, and but one reference that he did make. They said, we want to pray like you. He said, okay. He said, I'm going to give you the formula. The Lord's Prayer was never meant to be quoted in verbatim for its fullness. Now, we all quoted, and I love the Lord's Prayer, but it is a template It includes so many categories, so many principles. It gives you the protocol on how to pray. He said, when you start praying, you don't come in and say, God, I'm so discouraged and it's so bad and I don't know if we're going to make it and I don't even know if you can help me. He said, no, when you come into the presence of the Lord, you start out by saying, my father. That means you didn't create yourself, but you are acknowledging that you did not come from a monkey. You did not come from a Big Bang Theory, but my Father. And where is he? He is in heaven. Then what? Hallowed be the holy name. And he said the very first thing that you're going to pray about is you are going to say, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. How? As it already is in heaven. Let it be in the earth. Hear me by the Spirit of the Lord. Thus saith God. There is a release of a heavenly kingdom and template that is being put in the earth. And God is going to rule and reign. We get so worried about the future. But we do know this, that we are close to the catching away of the church because we're seeing so many, we're seeing the mark of the beast coming into fruition. We're understanding how these things are going to happen. We're seeing one world government. We're seeing, you know, the enemy with all kinds of things. Um, I don't Don't know if it's in here. Um, 
it might be back in um, one of these scriptures talks about that temporarily the enemy is going to come down and mixed with the seed of men. I'd never seen that before, but it goes back to what we're seeing in all of this stuff. So we know that we are coming into the end of the end of days. When the church is raptured out, immediately there is a seven-year period. Three and a half years of tribulation, three and a half years of the wrath of God. Say, when are, are we going to be here? I hope not. But if we are, God will give us a Goshen, and we'll be fine. So that's not the issue. But we do know that after seven years, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming back in the clouds with the saints. Now, if he's coming with the saints... It's a really good chance that we might be in that group. So that means if we're coming back, we've already been there. So it might mean that we do go up in a rapture. But in a short span of time, he's going to come back in the clouds. He's going to come back to the earth. Jesus is going to land on Mount Olive. where he prayed his intercessory prayer. And the Bible says, and you can go over there. I've been in, in Jerusalem many times, and the eastern gate is walled up. And the Valley of Kidron is right there, and on this side of the Valley of Kidron, it's a graveyard. Because just in case the scripture is true, and Jesus is our high priest, Jewish law said a priest could not walk through a cemetery because he would be defiled. But Jesus said, I have destroyed, I have authority over death and hell. If a high priest walked through there and he was mortal, it might be defiled. But you can't defile something that has no sin in him. So Jesus is going to come down, hallelujah, through the graveyard and he's going to walk up, and he's going to go through the eastern gate that is walled up. He's going to go back into the city of David, and the Bible says that he's also going to send one angel to the earth, and one angel is going to find the devil, and he's going to say, you're out of commission for one thousand years and the Bible said he will bind the devil for a thousand years and the kingdom of God on this earth with all of the buildings that we see for one thousand years Jesus Christ will reign as king of kings and lord of lords so it doesn't matter temporarily what it looks like, how bad it looks. We are just a few short years away from God pulling the plug on the enemy. And then you and I shall forever be with the Lord. What is God doing? He is taking back.
He is rearranging. Now, the Bible says this, that Jesus is the king of kings. So you think, well, who is he the king of? Well, when you go back to the Old Testament in Exodus, I think it might be in chapter 19, I'm not sure. But on Mount Sinai, when the Lord is going through the process and what he wants to do, he is marrying Israel. If you go back through this whole study, the git and the chupa and, and all of this stuff, it is a type and a shadow of a marriage ceremony where Jesus and the Ten Commandments is the, is the law, it's the wedding um, formula that has been written. It is a contract between God and Israel, and God writes it with his own finger, and Moses is going to bring it down, and the Israelites are going to walk in it, and all of that. And then there is adultery that takes place while he is on the mountain, and God is arranging this marriage ceremony, and the Israelites have fallen into adultery with a golden calf. They've taken their clothes off, and they're saying, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. So Moses breaks the Ten Commandments, he is breaking the ceremonial contract between God and Israel. But the Lord said this, I am I'm wanting to make you kings and priests. So now, God shifts from the natural to the spirit. And he shifts to the church. And when you go back to the scriptures, Revelations chapter 1 and verse 6 says that God has done it again. He has made you and I kings and priests. Now we understand how it can say he is the king of kings. Hallelujah. Who are the kings? That's you and me. But who is our king? He is the Lord Jesus, the righteous, the almighty, whose government there shall be no end. Revelations 5.10 says, And he hath made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Whether we see God fix this mess that we're in is really irrelevant. You're just going to have to look a little farther into the eternal kingdom of God. I do want God to fix it, but can I tell you, you and I are already sealed by the blood of the Lamb, and we've been sealed by the Holy Ghost, and we may be in the earth in our physical body, but today, hallelujah, you and I are already home. We are sitting in Christ in heavenly places. Just reach over there, and you can touch Jesus. Hallelujah. I can touch him through prayer. Why? Because I'm sitting with him in my spiritual position by the power of the Lord. So I don't really care who gets to be president. I don't really care what the rhetoric is right now. All I know is this, that God said, I am coming back and I am going to set up a kingdom that the enemy cannot 
destroyed. This is why we're getting ready to see supernatural things. This is why Islam is doomed. Because it's a nation, not a government. This is why Judaism one day will fall on its face before Jesus Christ and say, what are the wounds in thy hands? And he said, these are the wounds that I received in the house of my friends. And Israel will repent before Jesus Christ Almighty. And they will no longer call him the son of Mary, but they will call him the son of God, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. The only government that is going to endure in this hour is the church. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's why you cannot. I break every intimidating demon in this building in the name of the Lord. I come against the spirit of fear in this building in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord, I loose boldness on you. Boldness, 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 hallelujah, that you will intimidate the enemy. May this Spirit of God settled down upon you. May the spirit of cancer begin to run out of this building. May the spirit of death be broken in the name of the Lord. Boldness. What is that? That is the arrow of the Lord being released over you right now. I'm going to end with this. The cornerstone has been laid. The blood has been shed. It looks like a natural kingdom, a natural government has won. But on the third day, it didn't matter how big the stone was. It didn't matter how many Roman guards we're sitting at the entrance of the tomb. God said on the third day, I'm coming out. Hallelujah. And he came out. They didn't even know it. He just, I don't know how Jesus did it, but he was just gone. But the Bible says that between resurrection or, or to Calvary and Pentecost was 50 days. It had to be 50 days because if you study the book of Leviticus, especially in chapter 23, there are seven feasts, and each feast is a prophetic calendar. There are four feasts that have already been fulfilled. The last one being fulfilled was Pentecost. The next feast and it's interesting because it is the day of trumpets. It is the only feast that is not dominated by the sun, but it is ruled by the moon. It is tied to lunar cycles. It is tied that when it's not, the, the sun is not really shining. God said, for many, when he comes back, he will overtake them 
as a thief in the night. But not to us who have an Issachar anointing. We are already sensitive to the coming of the Lord. So, the waving of the sheaves was when he was resurrected. He is now the first fruits. Fifty days later was Pentecost. Hallelujah. Which was the fulfillment of the fourth feast. Now the next one, the prophetic calendar, is the day of trumpets. Many theologians tie the day of trumpets to the rapture of the church. And when we are leaving the earth, the sixth feast will be the day of atonement, the ten days of atonement, when God will deal with the sin and the rebellion in the earth. The seventh feast is a feast of ingathering, and it's where we no longer work, but we are celebrating the ingathering of the harvest. Hallelujah. And we are welcoming home Jesus Christ. Giving that. Jesus, hallelujah, is in that 50-day period. Immediately after resurrection, nobody can touch him. There is not one scripture that says after resurrection, the Pharisees went after him. They could not touch him. Why? Because he's no longer the son of man. He is God in flesh, and he is in a resurrected body. He can eat fish, but he can walk through a wall. So what is the theme? It is not healing. It's not healing the brokenhearted. The Bible says Jesus didn't leave. You'd have thought, you know, after resurrection, he'd have thought, I can't wait to get out of here. But the Bible said he hung around for 40 days. And the writer says, and what he talked about was things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Why? Because he realized now, he knew this, that the kingdom has now been birthed in the atmosphere and my kingdom is not of this world he said you can't make me a natural king when they tried he just went away and start praying we are in a season and I believe this is one of the biggest mistakes the church has made in the last two years instead of realizing that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink it's not politics it's not Donald Trump it's not Santos or whatever his name is from, from uh, Florida. San, what is it? DeSantis. Wonderful men. But natural men are not the answer. If they were, we'd never be in the mess that we're in right now. It is the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm looking quickly for the day that every seat in this building is full by the power of the Lord. Hallelujah. That there is a release of the supernatural. Now, I want you to begin to raise your hands. And Jesus said this. The kingdom of God is where? It's within you. That means that all the authority that Jesus has, that's why when he left, he said, I'm leaving. But what we read of Isaiah, he said, whatever you bind, I'll bind. Whatever you loose, I'll loose. 
He said, and it's quoted in Revelations, I'm setting before thee an open door that no man can shut. What is that? That's the kingdom principle being released in the name of the Lord. For your businesses, doors that have been shut, we're loosing a kingdom anointing. We are commanding doors in your life that the enemy has shut through education or business or promotion, whatever it is. Hallelujah. I see God opening up doors right now in the Holy Ghost. Thus saith the Lord, in the next seven days, I'm going to cause you to begin to walk through some doors that you have only prayed about and asked God for. There is a release of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, begin to release it. Lord, I release the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Go ahead. You are saturating heaven. While you're praying, your prayer partners, quickly, come on. Hallelujah. Let's get across the front of this building. Something's happening in the atmosphere right now. Many of you are going to be healed before you ever leave this building by the power of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, if you need a prayer partner, you better get up here first because a whole bunch of us are going to come up here. If you want somebody to pray with you, come grab a prayer partner. Thank you, Lord. We're going to see God setting up the kingdom of the Lord in the atmosphere. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, come on, church. Let's fill the aisles. Let's fill up the front. I want you to begin to loose what's in you. Loose the kingdom of God. You need a new home. You need God to give you a better job. You need God to heal your body. You need God to change your spouse. God, we lose the kingdom of the Lord over our children that are gay. In the name of Jesus. Come on, get up close. Let everybody get in. Now, I want us to begin to loose the kingdom of God over our children that the enemy has trapped in the homosexual community. Begin to call them out in the name of the Lord. Dear God, we loose the kingdom of God in this nation. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, by the authority of the Spirit of God. There's power in you. There's anointing in you. Hallelujah. You have been given the decree from heaven, a scepter of righteousness. God is extending the right to come into the throne room of the Lord. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. Hallelujah. The Spirit and, and the, the bride say, Yeah. 
Pastor, this is Howard from Pennsylvania. Blind. Blindness and prostrate cancer. Howard. Amen. I met you at Elijah Co, brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many want to loose the kingdom of God in Howard's body? Hallelujah. I command the spirit of death to come off of you. In the name of Jesus. Now in the name of the Lord, God over Howard, in Jesus' name, I begin to loose. God, I open the door of healing and we put the kingdom of God inside of your body, in your eyes, in the name of the Lord. God, you said that we would open the eyes of the blind. Now, according to the word of the Lord, God, I preached it. I released it. Now, Lord, we're declaring, God, that he's going to walk out of here seeing. That Lord, blind Bartimaeus, said, I can see in the name of the Lord. God, that this man is going to be alive when the glory of God comes back to the earth. Lord, I speak over their house, over their family, in the name of Jesus. Every curse that has been spoken against y'all, I cancel in the name of the Lord. That all oh, hear this saith God, you are going to be the key to so many in your family. And there is an assignment to take you out. But this day I loose the angels of the Lord. Lord, that they're going to surround you and we bind this affliction. Oh, in Jesus' name, now the authority of the Holy Ghost be your portion and the virtue of God flow through your body in the name of Jesus. The Spirit and the blood say, come. The Spirit and the blood
what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Revelation 19.10 says, and the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing miracles. I see Becky Davis here. The devil tried to kill her. De Becky, where are you at? Try and the doctors are amazed, are amazed at the miraculous touch of the Holy Spirit. I, yes, I see John Cobb. The devil tried to lie to him and tell him, gave him a bad report. Pastor Kent laid hands on him last Sunday and he went back to the doctor on Wednesday and the doctor said nothing's wrong nothing's wrong nothing's wrong nothing's wrong and now let me tell you let me tell you there are some people in this room right now that need a miracle that need a miracle man I feel this so strong in the Holy Ghost these testimonies of Jesus Christ are the spirit of prophecy and you lay hold on that prophecy that I receive my miracle today. I receive it in the name of Jesus from front to back and side to side. I bind every lie of the enemy. I break every assault of darkness in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, off the hand of the people of God in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus and I command you to go. Do not receive the lie of the enemy. I want to tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said that the devil is a liar and he is the father of lies. I want to show you what that means. It doesn't mean that your sickness isn't real. It is there. But it is, tr it is contrary to the word of God so that means it's a lie anything contrary to the word of God has to leave off of your life in the name of Jesus it is a lie 
So now we declare, we declare the testimony of Jesus Christ over your life that with his stripes you were healed. That the windows of heaven are open over your life. That he's pouring out a blessing on your finances, on your job, upon your children. That you train up your child in the ways that he should go. And when he's old, he shall not depart from it. That the God of your fathers will increase you a thousand times more than you are and bless you. You can take a hold of that because that is the promise of God. seize this opportunity to give somebody an opportunity to receive Jesus. Can we do that? Would you just bow your heads for a moment? I just sense it. I sense that somebody is here and you're not sure of where you stand with Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful opportunity because you're in a room full of people who love you. And a loving Jesus outstretching his hands to you with mercy. You say, Pastor Candy, I'm really not sure. I'm not sure if I'm saved. I've been playing close to the edge. I don't know if I can be saved and do the things that I'm doing. But today is the day of salvation. I want you to leave this room with the blessed assurance that Jesus is yours. Okay? If that's you, just slip your hand up. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Just slip your hand up and say, yes, ma'am, that's me. That's me. Anybody, just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you right there. Yes, sir. Anybody else? Come on. Anybody else? I sense it. I know you're here. Yes, I see. Anybody else? Anybody else? Jesus loves you. Man, what a great day to receive Jesus. What a great day to start your life all over again. So, family, Let's pray this prayer together with those that have raised their hand. Can we do that? Everybody from front to back and side to side, let's pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross and he rose again, that he is the Son of God, and I put my faith in him. So, Lord, would you cleanse me of my sin, wash me in the blood of Jesus. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? <laughs> what a wonderful week that we have had with Elijah Cole. 
I believe we're going home changed. I'm changed. I just love the spirit of the, and the presence of the Lord because when you pursue God, you can never plateau. You just want more and more and more. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless the greatest people on the planet that are under the sound of my voice. Lord, in this room and online, God, I pray a blessing upon their lives, that the hand of God would be upon their head to bless them, God, to lift them, to go before them and fight for them valiantly, God, in every battle. Lord, that victory is in the camp of the righteous, and God, we give you the praise for it. Lord, we call in our prodigals today. Lord, we call in our prodigals. Lord, distance is no problem for you. Wherever they are right now, that your hand would go to them and lead them into the ark of safety. Lord, we find every assault, every darkness of the enemy that holds them back from the kingdom of God. Lord, we stand in your kingdom. We declare your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we thank you. I speak blessing and increase over every person under the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I got one word to tell you. I'm going to tell you this. The Holy Ghost is saying to me, the thing that you greatly fear shall not come upon you. It shall not come. I, I mean, I hear that in the Holy Ghost. And so you lay hold on that and you seize it by faith in Jesus' name. If I hadn't told you I love you, I do. Pastor Kent, you got anything else? No, he's, he's done. You, you know him. When he's done, he's just done. I love you. Hey, greet our visitors, our, our missionaries and the lady from South Africa and all of our Elijahco visitors. Please be a friendly church. Everybody tells us this is the friendliest church in the world. I love you.